Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Wait, You're a Scout. Uh, this week I'm joined by the lovely Alex from Thriftwood. He's uh, been working there for, well, a long time. I don't really remember going to Thriftwood when he wasn't there. Um, really interesting take on sort of youth movements as a whole with his volunteer aspect as well as his outlook as a paid member of staff at a campsite and sort of that different relationship and all his adventurous activities if you're into that sort of stuff he is the man to talk to so i hope you enjoy the interview pre-warning it might be a little bit echoey we were recording in one of the rooms that they actually have at thriftwood so on location um but yeah not built for audio more for actually using as a room so apologies for that but i hope you enjoy the interview hi alex and welcome to wait you're a scout hi i'm alex um <laughs> Yeah. So uh, let's start with, normally I ask like, what, what you, how you got into scouting, okay. but I'm going to sort of start backwards and go, Alex, what do you do for a living? So I work for a scout campsite. I look after all the activities in a 96 acre woodland and manage just under 40 activities for young people. So you essentially have the dream of uh, you get paid to scout. Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. So um, Friday night to Sunday afternoon is uh, scouting time. And then Monday to Friday is youth stuff, whether that be people throwing units or school groups or all, all manner of things. And then some scouting stuff in the evenings as well. Great. So how did you sort of get into that role? Into that role? So uh, I've always been involved in scouting um, since a boy. Um, I just naturally sort of took on a leadership role as I became 18, like we all do. Um, and then sort of followed a career and a path into the outdoors as an outdoor instructor, working in various centres in the UK and Europe, and doing some sort of canoe guiding, and then I saw a role turn up here in Essex that was all year round. It wasn't working for six, seven months at a time. So I thought, oh, it's a proper job, <laughs> loosely. Brilliant. So when you say you started scouting as a boy, where did you start scouting? So I started scouting uh, in Germany as a British uh, scouts overseas uh, through a military garrison. So first Hona Beavers, I think, <laughs> which was my, my first yeah uh, beaver colony in the grey tracksuits and oh. so on. <laughs> yeah, show my age now. Uh, still got my scouts. I think I've probably still got a uniform somewhere. So yes, I was there for a little while. Um, my father was in the military, so I then we moved around quite a lot. I then went to Scotland, where I then became a cub. Yep. And then aged out of cubs and went into scout. Was that still in Scotland? I was still in Scotland, yep. yep. Um, and I was in Dundee, so I had very good access to mountains and grampians. So a lot of my spare time and scouting time was spent in the mountains as a youngster. I probably lit the passion for spending lots of time outside which is probably why i'm here is those <laughs> scottish roots uh and then uh, we had a posting down south so we came to essex and i carried on scouting and i joined the group second chelmsford which i'm still sort of very loosely attached to now um and then from there became one of the first explorers in the county um when explorers went live in 2000 and Whatever it was, 2001, maybe? Yeah, yeah. sometime around then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the big uniform changes and so on. So I think our Explorer unit actually started before the paperwork went live. There was lots of us that were away to age out scouting, so there was about half a dozen of us. Uh, and we created a unit before everything went live from the Scout Association, which was really cool. It was really nice oh, to cool. be part of those sort of grassroots of 
explorer scouting and kind of half dabbling in venture scouts as well but kind of explorers is where it was at really um the age gaps i think kind of works really well for us brilliant so, yeah but again i spent um and then from being in essex in that explorer thing um still spent lots of time in the mountains spent a lot of time and hours of my life in a minibus traveling to places like lake district yorkshire north wales um on every half term term time available to go and do things in those Great. places so with that sort of variety of experiences from like obviously scouting in germany to scouting in scotland what's sort of like the biggest things you've sort of taken away from those do you think um i don't know that's a good question isn't it um I think it's quite it's quite it's quite nice to see the way that the sort of mantra of scouting, that sort of ethic and so on, is is still carried through, and it's not just a regional thing. The fact that it's national or even bigger than that, when you look at um, British scouting overseas or BSO, um, that's quite cool to see. I quite like that. I think that's something that's sort of taken away. Um, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's a good answer, isn't it? <laughs> that is a good answer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, working scouts, as you said, like Friday to Sunday. Yes you said you have like a loose involvement in like your group still do you think it's something that you'd like, so take on leadership we or? also have uh, an explorer unit here through the site um which is my hour and a half a week quotations. <laughs> um so i run that as well and we run camp programs and so on but we only meet once a month and it's more or less around uh, those that are already established explorers but we do take on a few externals as well um so that's kind of my kind of scouting involvement at the moment. Um, I am sitting on the fence about possibly doing some stuff with a unit. Um, I've done some stuff before as a scout leader. Um, well, I think we, we all scout for different reasons. Uh, beavers, they're great, and those beaver leaders that give up their time, they're wonderful, but um, it's just not an age group that I'm comfortable <laughs> my time for. Yeah. I think cubs. Cubs are great, but there's still a lot of kind of molly cuddling around, and those that do it have got a really great skill set for it. But mine's really about kind of uh, lighting that passion for adventure. So that 14 to 18 year old age gap is where I'm, I'm, I'm very happy working with when you can talk to people like adults um, and get a lot more adventures out of it. And I think you know if you can use explorers to facilitate your own adventures. I know that sounds awful. You can you can go out on adventures with them, and then that, that feels great, doesn't it? Rather yeah. Than, you know, hunting lots of chip shop surveys and so on. They're fun, but you know, to be <laughs> fair, being out in the mountains and in the rivers is probably where my passion lies. So, yeah. So what's one of the best things about actually working on a campsite? You see all aspects of leadership and you see all aspects of scouting and you see some questionable scouting things at times, but you also see some really, really great ideas. Um, you see a lot of international scouts come over and just their styles of camping you kind of you're always filling up your toolbox of, of ideas that you can do with scouts because you're not just pigeonholed into just being in the hall where you see one or two leaders doing a thing you're constantly seeing you know at max capacity we've got 800 people here so you're constantly seeing different ideas of how to camp how to manage children different games different activity programs and so i think that kind of that really like boosts your knowledge and I'm quite a sort of thirsty person for knowledge to, to learn how to do things differently. So that's quite cool. Yeah, uh, just the experience of seeing different things. And you get to meet some cool people as well. You meet some really cool people. Um, yeah, you make some really good friends out of it. It's the same, it's kind of almost like being on Jamboree for a year, you have your highs and your lows. Um, yeah. And you, and, and you see some like different styles and, and things and 
just you know sometimes people wear their scarves slightly differently and you find out that there's like a really cool story behind that and stuff so oh, that's quite cool, cool. Um, and in every group there's always somebody with uh, a scout camp related nickname <laughs> um, most famously I've seen come down here there's a guy called Dog Bowl because he uh, didn't have a camp bowl so his mum just gave him a spare dog bowl to put his cereal in um, this guy's Brilliant. now in his 20s yeah. And from something that happened when he was 11, he's still got quite a, a, a nice comical name of Dog Bowl, which I think is quite cool. It's quite nice that, you know, that's still sort of recognised and it's not offensive and it's not rude. It's just, um, I think I quite like that, that side of scouting, that sort of, you, you don't yeah. get that in a normal workplace, do you? Not you, really. You, you don't sort of walk into an office and be like, hey, how you doing? How you doing, Dog Bowl? Um, so, that's, so that's quite cool. Yeah, I suppose I, I had a scouting nickname as well. I was Weasel for a long period of time and I still have people refer to me as Weasel. Which, uh, <laughs> Any uh, particular reason? Or? Yeah, I was, looked a little bit Weasley, I think, when I was 11 or 12. <laughs> so uh, I still have people 20 years on that call me Weasel, um, which resonates through me a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's quite yeah. nice to have that sort of, I guess, homage and history as well. So, yeah. so what would like a typical day for you look like working on a campsite? Um, a typical day for me on a campsite, uh, let's say during the weekend, is, for myself, I will be kind of like running staff rotors and delivering morning briefs and working out what groups we've got where and what sort of things are happening, making sure that activity instructors are in the right place at the right time. Um, sometimes I might be out on an activity, so I might be strewing up a climbing wall and delivering a climbing session. Um, no two days are the same. That's, that's the great thing about being here is that one minute I'm on a climbing wall, the next minute I'm in an office and I'm running operating procedures and risk assessments. And then other times I'm out in a tractor trying to cut grass, sowing grass, or, or managing trees. So if, if the weather's a bit wet and horrid, you can kind of cry off a little bit and you can go inside and there's always paperwork to be done. And yeah. likewise, <laughs> if it's really sunny, you can maybe put the paperwork to one side and deal with that later and then you can go out and, and just kind of go and build activities or just look at other things so that's that's one aspect of kind of yeah so no two days are the same it's very hard to say this is what I do yeah um one minute I can be you know I guess dressed to be in an office in like a formal shirt and tie almost to the next minute I'm in chainsaw trousers <laughs> um boots in the mud sort of thing so yeah um yeah it's quite different for and it's not just sort of managing and running activities on site. You do um, permit schemes and other bits and pieces, don't you? So yes, yeah, so I do. Uh, I do lots of uh, permit bits and NGB stuff as well. I'm a keen paddler, um, which occupies a lot of time in kind of planning courses and writing out kind of what's going to happen on those courses and, and, and things, which is really cool. Um, that's kind of really where my, my heart lies. I, I I don't mind delivering stuff to young people in climbing sessions. Um, however, I've been doing that now for. 14 years, I think it is, 2004, maybe 15 years, I'm not sure, a long time, so I've been doing that <laughs> since 2004, um, uh, since, yeah, since I was 18, so uh, that's, that stuff's okay, but after a little while, the the, the passion for that falls, falls away, if I'm honest, so the passion these days is training adults to deliver that adventure, wherever yeah. that might be, um, and that's often quite, you know, 
they do that through the permit scheme and so on and that's always good fun it's, it's kind of go hey guys this is all my knowledge i've gained this is how you can impart this onto the young people and as i walk around the site and i see instructors using like little terms of phrase that i use to, to deal with young people and they've taken that on for themselves that's a nice heartwarming feeling that's the same feeling i had 10 years ago when i was abseiling you know children off of a tower and feeling a little bit nervous about it is actually you know it's imparting that knowledge into other people that's that's the training and development of the instructors is the thing that keeps me going i suppose these days young people are great um <laughs> as well but uh, yeah training of other people yeah like feed a man a fish and all that sort of thing you know. brilliant so obviously like this isn't all of your life you have family life as well how do you sort of find the balance between the two? Oh, how do i find the balance well uh, it depends who you speak to doesn't it really um <laughs> It is tough um, having a partner and two children uh, and trying to balance all of that. My son's now in Beavers, um, which is very exciting. Um, yeah, um, it is difficult. Just I, I do have to do a lot of long distance planning, which is quite challenging because I'm quite a spontaneous person. So, <laughs> but um, so no, life's all about trying to find the balance, and I think we can spend all of our life trying to find the balance and so on. But sometimes I don't know. How do I find the balance? Badly, is probably <laughs> how we do it. I think that's the same for every scat leader on the planet as well, isn't it? It's like, how do we find the balance? We don't. Yeah, it's like living that double life, but when it's work as well, it's yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's quite yeah, it's quite it's quite challenging, and, and okay. sometimes separating between work and play is quite difficult as well because <laughs> the guys always want to go out on adventure, and I want to go out on adventure as well. So sometimes that's. Although some of your adventures with your family seem quite epic as well. Yeah, so we've done some really cool stuff with them as well. Um, so when they were five and three, I took them across Loch Awe for a five-day wilderness expedition across Easter with Easter egg hunts around old Celtic graveyards and so on um, on an open canoe trip, completely self-sufficient, no toilets, no, no electric, no nothing, um, boiling water up from the loch. That was awesome. Um, possibly a, a, a step too far in adventure for, for a three-year-old um, in some big winds in a canoe, but nonetheless, we're all here, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm quite lucky, I suppose, that I've got a nice uh, friendship team around me that work in the industry um, and all have quite a high level of paddling skill to help with that. It's not something I could do um, with my partner and I just by myself. We need that like safety network. But yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in that you can, um, you can take uh, young children on a lot of adventures if you've got the right skill set. So, yeah. That's, that is pretty epic. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so they're, they're big lovers of uh, sleeping under tarps. Nice. So they're now seven or four, they like sleeping under tarps. They love sleeping in hammocks. <laughs> um, we went down the River Ardèche in the south of France last summer. Um, throughout all the rapids and so on. Um, got a bit emotional for everyone. My partner's not quite as skilled up as perhaps needed at times, but um, she should be the first one to admit that. But we, we got there and um, it was very hot, it was about 44 degrees. Oh, yeah, 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 a bit much um, <laughs> with my slightly ginger skin, but um, yeah, did mean that we yeah, we suffered a little bit, but it was good fun. Um, certainly a, a dramatic setting. Um, and what a place to be if you're seven and four playing in big rapids in the night. Yeah, that does canoe. sound amazing. So, like, um, <laughs> yeah, but there is this little thing in the back of your mind that it's very remote, and um, if something goes wrong, it goes wrong pretty quickly. Yeah. So. Um, whilst I'm a, a, an advocate of taking you know people into remote environments and having great fun. Um, it's not something if you're not used to that environment i would say hey yeah go and take small people into a remote place um you need to have a lot of eyes dotted and a lot of yeah. t's crossed because it's uh yeah it's um it's pretty 
extreme, I would say. <laughs> so yeah. for anyone that's sort of looking to maybe young person get involved in sort of the activity, I, sorry, the adventurous activities world or adults looking for a change of pace, what advice would you give them? Um, I'm slightly biased here, but that's, I guess that's why you've asked the question. I would say, no matter where you are, um, certainly in the UK, get involved with your local scout campsite. They're always crying out for volunteers. Scouting is always crying out for volunteers. And often it's not about committing yourself 24-7, seven days a week, 365. Sometimes it's quite often like one weekend a month or what have you. That's a really great way to kind of access industry um, if you want to be an outdoor instructor or just kind of see what it's all about as well. Um, and I think that kind of rolls from whether you're perhaps like 14 to 94. There's always something to be done on the scout campsite. So um, go and join your local service crew, wherever that may be. Maybe like a little district run site of four or five acres. I'm sure they need some grass cutting and some trees managed and so on. Um, up to those sort of big activity centers. Um, like the one that we're in at the moment but um yeah there's 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 hundreds of sites out there that all aren't held um something a little bit different to perhaps seeing in a hall sometimes there are those people in scouting that want to help but they don't want to work frontline with children constantly or run and develop programs um so i think that kind of working in a as a crew member or a voluntary sector within scout campsites is a nice way you can do as much or as little as you want and you can find something that you're happy with in a scout campsite so sometimes there's people that need to take on admin roles or maintenance roles to go and fix water pipes as well as the activity side of things so we're very much an activity centre but a lot of scout campsites are just um, fields with a toilet block and those fields need managing and that toilet block needs managing and someone needs to do those bookings <laughs> and someone yeah. needs to do that walk round and, and, and so on so um, yeah, that would be the best advice is just get in touch, just send them an email, send them a pigeon, however they operate, um, they would, they will unlikely to turn you down. And you guys at um, Thriftwood run a apprenticeship scheme as well, don't you? Yes, so we have all manner of uh, ways to access us. So we have uh, a great voluntary crew that's been established for, for uh, a huge amount of time um, and without them we'd be useless. Um, we also have international volunteers, so we have some from all over the world. Uh, Honduras, Bolivia, Taiwan, Australia, um, and Germany currently. Wow. <laughs> um, and that adds a nice bit of diversity to it. So often they come over from um, the various parts of the world and they, they come and volunteer with us. Um, it's been relatively successful at Gilwell. It adds a nice sort of cultural thing. Um, I certainly haven't met many people from Bolivia or Honduras and Costa Rica in my time. Um, and it's always good for the kids to sort of engage with that and just find out about other cultures. So that's one, so that's another side to it, but you, you mentioned apprenticeships. So we have apprentice, uh, apprentice instructors. Um, so they do an apprenticeship in outdoor education leadership. Um, we use various different college colleges to support that. Uh, they come to us for a year and we give them some qualifications that allow them to go and sort of fly the nest and work in other active activity centers. And they do. Um, a bit of paperwork along the way but we try and sort of pick college courses that have very little paperwork and more about practical application because if you want to work outside uh, with young people it's generally because you're not a big fan of paperwork yeah <laughs> no one goes into wanting to teach kids climbing and paddling if you like paperwork um, yeah even at the top ends of the of, of the game um, paperwork is still a thing that we all struggle with um, <laughs> In, in this sector but uh yes so we do that uh, and that's really good uh and we that 
enables me to really get my claws into something and kind of knead them like a bit of dough. And they come in a bit sort of bushy-tailed and bright-eyed. And um, eventually they leave us like quite competent uh, activity instructors, which is really cool. Um, I enjoy that lot, so I enjoy that long-term development with them um, and watching them fly the nest eventually. <laughs> Even though it's a bit sad sometimes. <laughs> um, so some of them have gone on to do some really cool things. So um, some of them, gentlemen out in Peru who's doing some like guiding and stuff oh, out wow. there, which is pretty cool. Some of them have um, gone into activity centres and quickly found themselves in management roles um, because of the levels of responsibility that we've given them here. Um, yeah, I think the apprentice scheme certainly in, in our centre works well. And there are other scout campsites that do apprentice things as well. Um, from the outside looking in, sometimes it's regarded as cheap labour. Um, certainly some centres take that view on it. Um, I sort of regard it as a great development opportunity. Um, and it also allows for me to develop as well. So it's an excuse for me to go and do more qualifications to take them in better and more remote places and, and do some really cool stuff. So Brilliant. that's fun. So yeah, selfish. <laughs> But with a good intention. Yes, no, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so what's been one of your like favourite memories from your time in Scout? Um, wow, there's so many. Uh, where do I? I've got some like really big, like sort of big sort of strapping memories and they're great. But I think sometimes it's just I, I think about often the those small little niche little in jokes that we had as scouts, um, I think the levels of responsibility that I was certainly given as a scout and a young person of, yeah, we're going to go camping here for a few days. Uh, we're going to have leaders a couple of you know kilometres away from you. We're going to check in on you every day. And sort of being that sort of 13, like, oh my God, we're camping without adults. It was quite, it felt quite, it felt quite extreme. It felt quite, yeah, I was quite empowered by that level of responsibility. I think that's probably it. And it's nothing... Yeah, I've had some big trips and I've been to some really cool places, but I think when I look back at it, it's actually about being a powerless young person. Brilliant. Yeah. And um, so are there any big plans for Thriftwood in the future? Oh, are you asking me to reveal our trade secrets? Oh, well, or just exciting things that we can look forward to and be like, this um, is why you should come to Thriftwood. <laughs> so I'm halfway through a project at the moment, um, which has been really exciting actually. Uh, we've been recently uh, just had some high ropes built and so kind oh, of been going through that sort of tendering process and liaising with builders and so on so they've built the high ropes which is very exciting um it's been nice to sort of play around with those sort of big budgets involved um in that um and now we're just having to go through the snagging list and a bit of training and the purchasing of lots of kit so new high ropes coming soon that's very very exciting i've always got lots of ideas in the back burner um just need to decide whether or not they're appropriate um, and time as well everything is time even even in the kind of paid sector it's all about time and how much time you've got to give to things I know that that, that sounds bonkers but um, that's the thing as scout leaders we're all uh, we're all strapped up against isn't it if, if we could uh, invent one thing that makes our life easier it'd be a time machine so we can do all the things that we want yeah um, and yeah it's no different sometimes <laughs> for me um, so yeah possibly some boarding. Um, I have lofty dreams and aspirations of uh, delivering um, to adults actually a uh, Scottish canoe trip through the River Spey, uh, through the Spey Valley which is kind of uh, Cairngorm region um, and coupling that with like a bushcraft project as well um, over four or five days down the river um, and possibly finishing up in a distillery uh, 
uh, tasting the local wares. So that's um, that's one. It's it's very much conceptual. I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, trying to work out logistics of that. Yeah. But that's that could be a thing coming soon. Certainly. Um, <laughs> I'm obviously quite biased to get that up and going because that would be great. Yeah, fun. Would be to, to, again, it comes back to that working with adults. I, I do like working with young people, but sometimes you know it's nice to work with adults and do that training and development and listen to their adventures and experiences as well. Because you do do uh, permits for young people as well as adults, and yes. you take my explorers out and absolutely. Trips and, and... and actually, this morning I've been in more discussions about doing some more uh, Duke of Edinburgh. Um, open boating trips as well. Did some stuff with the Sea Cadets. Did some stuff with Romford Explorers, uh, and a few other bits. So yeah, getting quite a busy diary already <laughs> for for delivering paddle sport and um, Duke of Edinburgh by boat. Um, I'm a massive advocate of canoe. I'm guessing everyone on this podcast is slowly working that out. I don't know, um, <laughs> but if you didn't know, I love canoeing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant. And then, so Thriftwood isn't run by. UK scouts it's independent yes. from that in a sense how does that kind of work beautifully um, <laughs> hope you're listening TSA um, so we were bought 61 years ago uh, in 1957 61, 62 years ago sorry my mistake um, by four districts for a thousand pounds so the four districts stumped up the money um, 250 each and then had um, like shared ownership and responsibility of that uh, we are our own entity we don't take any kind of handouts from scout association everything we make goes back into the site we're not funding districts in any way we are our own private and separate entity there aren't many sites um, as successful uh, or as big um, as, as a thriftwood um, there are a few um, but sometimes they're kind of also supporting counties or counties are supporting them, which is good, which is, you know, it's all about counting, getting young people out there for an adventure as well. Um, it's very interesting kind of working in the kind of charity sector and, and that where it crosses over into the sort of commercial world. Um, you have to look at things commercially. Yeah. Um, but we are a charity and we are a charity that's based on kind of volunteers as well. So it's all, yeah. What was the question? Sorry, I've gone. That's <laughs> right. So, how does it kind of work with yeah. that sort of setup? Yeah, so that's kind of um, we have we have quite a good committee, um, which allows us a lot of freedom. I know there are a lot of sites out there that don't have um, the spending power. There's a lot of politics involved, and I think kind of certainly the sort of the further you go into scouting, the more and more politics is created. And it's not just scouting, it's any voluntary organisation that exists in any kind of charitable thing, is, is that there will always be politics. There'll be politics and sea cadets, the Red Cross, um, and, and all sorts of things. Um, and we do quite well at Thriftwood being quite good at communicating with a lot of things so that we don't create that politics. And a lot of that politics has kind of been sort of thrown out the window from many, many years ago. And we're now, we're now I'd say we're in a really good place. Um, I think the site sort of demonstrates that and shows that we have um, that we're in a, in, a, in a really good place to invest in adventures for young people really um, I guess if we're in a commercial sector it doesn't matter if we make you know four million pounds or 40 pounds I still get yeah. paid what I get paid so you kind of do it for the love as well um, yeah I don't yeah so that's so that's quite nice I think it's nice. definitely one thing you can see from like the campsite is actually yeah you have your fees and whatnot that you pay as a camper, but you know you just read on the toilet blocks that makes it nicer to come here or you've got new activities that you can do. Absolutely. So you can um, sort of see that going back into it. 
Yeah, and you know, we try and keep our costs down by using as many volunteers as possible, and we still try and do things in a sort of scouting way as well, which is nice. Um, it's finding that balance, really. It's, like, it's all about balance, man. <laughs> uh, it's about finding that balance. So, yeah, um, I think we're in a good place. Yeah, and I suppose actually being open to taking non-scouting groups like throughout the rest of the week and that opportunity sort of... If we didn't do that, we would be running a much much smaller staff team. It would be quite minute and unfortunately we wouldn't then have the people to then deliver stuff to to scouts. So you can't have one without the other, unfortunately. And actually, why not? When we've got these facilities sitting here dormant from Monday to Friday, we might as well open them up to other youth groups and charities. Um, we do try and avoid the sort of commercial team building for businesses and so on. Um, that uh, other people can have that work as far as we're concerned. We are about, the, the site came about for scouts and young people to, to enjoy. That's fundamentally where we're at. Although, I might be getting this wrong, but didn't you guys have TOWIE down at one point? Yes, we have, <laughs> we've had TOWIE in quite a few times actually. Uh, I've certainly been on TV for TOWIE. Um, it's a bit of publicity, isn't it, really? It's just getting that further reach out and so on. Um, yeah, I guess that's that. <laughs> contradiction in what I've just said um, yeah it's not my proudest moment I think but um, I did uh, years ago I did do a whole day of filming with Joe Brand for a thing for Jubilee oh, um, right. I spent a whole day building rafts for her and so on she's an absolutely great character to work with um, but that was cut <laughs> <laughs> so I spent half a day with Towie and yeah I got quite a bit you know, it's quite a bit of me in there um, so yeah <laughs> may have to just find that episode on like ITV and put that in the link. Like, Absolutely. guys, this is what uh, Alex looks like. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, send postcards of yourself and I'll sign them if you want. You know, <laughs> practically famous. Um, Basically. I, I think I'm ready to go and say, like, I'm a celebrity getting out of here. I'm yeah. Like, you know, that see, see oh, a celebrity now, I think. <laughs> That's what I'm preparing myself for anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I didn't make a big thing on my social media about being on that Tally episode. And not a single person went, I just saw you on a television last night. I've had more people comment on social media from years and years ago when I walked past on the six o'clock news as I walked past uh, a court in Chelsea. I was on my way home and walked past the TV camera. More people telling me that they'd seen me on the six o'clock news just walking past than I have, uh, you know, some footage on tally. So. Oh, maybe people just didn't really I think, notice and, I you think, or it's I, a I, demographic I think, thing. I think maybe just... Uh, Maybe that speaks volumes about kind of my friends and their engagement with reality TV. Maybe. <laughs> I'd like to think so anyway. Well, Alex, thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's no definitely worries. been insightful and good. good to sort of learn about Thriftwood and your role and your experiences. Well, I've got to prepare for a Burns night this evening, so I'm a Scottish themed Burns night, which is going to be great. I'm still so. sad you didn't do the podcast in your uh, Scottish accent. Yeah, no, but... I did think about it. I did think about <laughs> it. But, um, yeah, we've got bagpipers and a K dance as well. Oh, nice. Amazing. So, um, and yeah. if um, people want to find out a bit more about Thriftwood, where can they find that? Um, well, it depends on how you uh, want to find out about us, I guess. So we have a website, uh, www.thriftwood.com. Something. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Google Thriftwood, Scout Campsite, uh, would pop up pretty high. Um, but we're also on Facebook as well. Uh, Facebook updates will tell you exactly what's going on constantly. We try and keep a good head of making sure that we've got like a, at least a daily post about something. Sometimes it's something a bit trivial. You know, it could be centre manager in a drain unblocking, um, <laughs> unblocking a drain. Unfortunately, that happens. 
Um, it's normally when young people uh, flush their pants down the toilet. But, um, <laughs> or it could be any developments that are happening, perhaps in the toilet box or in high robes or welcoming a new staff member or something. So yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting page. Um, if you like scout campsites and what's going on here, it's not a very interesting page if you hate scout campsites. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Well, again, thanks for coming on and hopefully we'll have you back soon. No worries, no problem. Really hope you enjoyed the episode and the echoey background noise wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, like Alex is saying, he is a bit of a font of knowledge for anything adventurous activities wise. So if you just want some advice or you're interested in any of the courses that Thrift would run, then do get in touch. I'll stick the link to the actual website in the description or you can get in touch with Alex via us on Twitter. I'm sure we can get you guys in touch properly or have a look on the Thriftwood website. I'm sure his email or someone's email address is on there. Um, and there's loads of ways you can sort of support them of going along to their activities, using them as a campsite. Uh, guides as well, please don't forget, don't let anyone on there. Uh, well, not quite, but you know what I mean. Um, and if you are a school and you're looking for that sort of adventurous stuff, then they also cater for that too. So again, amazing place definitely check it out i'm sure we'll be sharing more info about them in later episodes um so the next episode is going to be a bit of a different one for me uh, we'll be recording my team at the southern 50 if you have no idea what that is it's a we started off as a 50 mile hike they've now introduced several years ago a 50k and a 30k version i've got two explorer teams entering the 30k i'm doing 50k myself and i'm sure i'll meet some people that i think are just brave and bonkers all at the same time doing the 50 mile it's also their 40th anniversary so that'll be coming out in two weeks uh once i've actually done the hike recovered because it took me about a week to recover afterwards and then we'll get that up so pre-warning there may be lots of tears on that episode or just not my nice edited version of me more of a slightly broken and hiked out version so uh do listen to that and also check out some of the past episodes the interviews with like dan matt and laura very interesting we've got some amazing ones coming up too even an interview with my mum coming up soon so do stay in touch follow us on twitter it's wait you're a scout also tweet us if you think you'd be amazing to be on the podcast and please 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 rate review and subscribe it's good for me it's good for you because it shares the podcast out it means that this keeps going so yeah thanks for listening guys and uh speak soon